we go. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Snitchin' in the Kitchen. I'm Abby Grace, and I'm here with my brother, the man himself, chef of the decade, food and drink specialist and enthusiast, dog lover and Lego builder, Zach Kimmel. How are you today? I'm good. It's been a chill day. Not much going on. <laughs> good. So tell the day me. day off for me. Oh, yeah? How many days off do you get? Uh, usually two. Okay, not bad. Not weekends, though. Kind of weird. Depen depending on the business. Yeah, no. No weekends. No weekends in the industry. All right, well, what do you do? What is your job? Uh, I, I cook, uh, I guess, to sum up a lot of my responsibility. Um, right now, I'm an executive sous chef for a restaurant in Charleston. Uh, which means I'm kind of the second in command. Our chef has a lot of other responsibilities in the building and the outreaches of the company, so I'm responsible for a lot of day-to-day -day things that go on. Yeah, pretty tough. Uh, no, I have a good team. There you go. Which is which is which is uh, nowadays pretty rare in the industry, but I'm fortunate to work for a good restaurant and I'm able to attract good cooks so well good tell me a little bit more about yourself about myself well yes. <laughs> give me the uh, give me the lowdown and dirty no just kidding give me something fun something fun about yourself besides that you're an outstanding cook uh well um I mean I have a pretty cool friend group I've met a lot of cool people in the industry one of one of the best parts about the industry is the way it brings people together uh so uh in fact later today i'm getting together with some friends to play dungeons and dragons <laughs> there you go and that i saw uh, in your text it lasts for from five to twelve yeah we play we play we play pretty late we have fun but there's a there's a dinner portion before okay so it's, not it's all of it is hardcore nerding out. There you go. Right. Well, how did and you... All, go ahead, go ahead. We're all cooks, so uh, we all cook really well. So it's usually pretty fun. <laughs> I was present for one of the dinners. I believe we had brats and some fancy stuff on top of them. And... Oh... And it was exquisite. It was delicious. But um, I hear that Zeus is chiming in to say his piece about the brats. But Yeah, he's, he's always got something to say. <laughs> so how did you end up where you are today? What led you into your career as a chef? Uh, in my career as a chef, well, I've always been. It's actually, it's funny. It's something that I used to resent. Uh, our grandmother had me cooking from or at least assisting in her cooking from a pretty young age, something that I always used to resent, oddly enough. Uh, but I was imparted with a lot of skills that uh, I started using when I got into high school and decided I needed to make some money. Uh, so it was one of those things that I, I did as a part-time job, um, in addition to playing sports. And I, I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I never really thought about it as a career, like a serious career, until I 
went to college and I started uh, taking classes and realized that it wasn't for me, that I, was, I wasn't really happy with the prospect of working in a nine to five, a desk job. Um, and so I started to think to myself, well, what, what, what's fun? What do I like? What am I good at? And I, I was always drawn back to really excelling in the restaurant industry as, as a young kid. Uh, and, and so I decided I, this is my calling. This is what I'm going to do. And so I left school and enrolled in, in, in a culinary program, um, middle, middle, middle. And here I am. Here I am today. Must be nice knowing what you wanted to do. <laughs> Must yeah, be nice. Yeah, I was nice. fortunate. I mean, it kind of just fell into my lap, you know, and it's, it's something that I've always enjoyed. I think that's, that's key with the restaurant industry is it's a really tough job. It's hard, it's long hours, uh, and there's a lot of sacrifice. So to do it and to do it well, you, you really have to love it. So it's fair to say that the apple pies with our grandmother, Honey, changed your life. In a way, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what is your favorite and least favorite part of being a chef? Uh, my favorite part is how immediate I can see the results of my work, whether, whether someone enjoys what you're doing and they, they have picked up on what you're trying to impart with them, whether it be just a good plate of food or uh, an overall experience. Um, you can see that instantly, which is not something that you get in a lot of different fields of work. You you you, have, you can't see the fruits of your labor so immediately, uh, and that's really really satisfying. Um, aside from that, just the connections that you make working in the industry. Uh, you meet so many different people from different walks of life, and I've met people. I've, I've worked in the industry for 10 years now. I've met people that I, that I still keep up with today that I haven't worked with in, in almost as many years. So it, it brings people together. Um, my least favorite part of the industry is, well, it's, it's a really tough job. Uh, there's a lot of sacrifice and it's, it's uh, in a lot of aspects viewed as um, an undesirable trait. Not a lot of people want to do the job. Uh, and so, Thusly, it's not as uh, it's not as well compensated for as a lot of a lot of people think it should be, um, I and I think that's kind of why you're that's why you're seeing a lot of the shortages nowadays. People don't don't want to sacrifice for so little. There's um, a massive stigma around chefs. There in is, the restaurant yeah. industry, you know. And there's 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 plenty of fingers to point at who's wrong, um, and I don't think anybody's really really right but um i'm i'm fortunate to have carved to have worked really hard carved out uh, a really good space for myself so it can be done it's very doable it's i think to me it's all about what you put in you get what you uh you get out what you put in i like that i like that answer but i will say you know i guess it is People don't really think about uh, the toughest part, which is the hours. And it is, yeah, and the sacrifice that comes with it. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you how much how much I've missed out on just because oh, I have to work. And it's not just weekends too, holidays. I mean, think about if you've ever been out to eat for a holiday meal, there's someone back there that's missing out on a holiday meal so you can have one. Right. Right. And it is like 
obviously it varies from restaurant to restaurant. Like the place that you're working is no McDonald's. And so. No, absolutely not. But it's still, I mean, it still comes with, still comes with sacrifice. I mean, there's late hours. There's, I mean, you don't get weekends off. Weekends are just a no go. So. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people work nine to five. They have Monday through Friday jobs. They socialize on Saturday and Sunday. Well, I'm at work, so unless you're going to stay up late, you kind of, you don't get to associate with those people. Have you kind of gotten used to your schedule, though, and, like, grown to love that, you know, you can look forward to Monday oh, and Tuesday? Oh, I love, absolutely, and and I, and I love working the nights, too, to, to go out and ha- kind of have, have a city to yourself, more or less. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun when, when it gets late and all the industry people come out, and you're all telling horror stories from the previous shift and <laughs> kind of code debriefing it's it's fun it, it's 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 definitely a way of life yeah when i went to um the tattooed moose with you and your coworkers that one night and you guys were talking about stuff i was like what the hell are they saying it was like a foreign language <laughs> to me i was like i have no idea what they're talking it's about fun, but... right and there's so many other groups that are that are going through the same thing telling those same stories it's 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 cool. It's like a family away from your family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well then hit me with one of the horror stories that you love to tell. Hit me with a fun one. Horror story. <laughs> um so I worked at I I moved to Charleston to work at a restaurant, um a, a very acclaimed restaurant. Uh, and it was in a really old building, a building that was over 200 years old. So as you can imagine, it's not perfect. Things happen. Uh, and if you know anything about Charleston, it's at sea level or below. So when it rains, it tends to flood. Uh, there was one night, and this happened on a number of nights, but this was the worst that I can recall. Um, it rained really hard. It was, it was storming. And our storm drain started to back up. Uh, and all the sewers, if you know anything about Char- in Charleston, all the sewers are really low um, because I, I mean, there's nowhere to dig. So they're right there. So when it rains, they, they tend to overflow. And we had a back hallway uh, that dipped down between our coolers and the back door. And it, 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 it flooded completely with sewage water. I'm oh. talking probably a foot. Um, and at that time, I was... I was the junior sous chef, sous chef at the restaurant. And I, I was uh, I was the closing manager that night, mm. and so it was my responsibility to deal with poopoo water, more or less. <laughs> and so there's there's still there's pictures of me out there today um, in a in a bus tub in a big deep bus tub as like a raft that I'm standing in uh, vacuuming with a shop vac poop water out of the restaurant. Ew. Uh, so that was not a high point for me. That's definitely a health code violation. I'm assuming. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. But what you don't know won't hurt you, right? We washed our hands. Oh, thank God. Love to hear that. Show, the show must go on. And again, this is in this is in one of the nicest restaurants in America. So, I mean, imagine a fine tablecloth service going on in the dining room, and and then in the back, one of the managers has stepped off the line to deal with a with a poop disaster. Oh God. So how yeah. how informed do you have to keep like the front of house staff about that kind of thing? Like the people that are bringing the food to the tables, do they just have to like put on their their Oscar award winning, 
you know, acting front for these people with this smile and then go back in the kitchen and just completely lose yeah. it? Or do they that's know? Exact, that's exactly, exactly. I mean, you are, and especially at that level, I mean, that demands that level of professionalism. You're, you're an actor. I mean, there's a reason why, there's a reason why in, in a lot of these big cities like New York and LA where there's a big acting scene, uh, a lot of these fine dining restaurants, the, the wait staff, they're, they're actors. They are. And there's a reason that the, the food service and the acting industry, they go hand in hand because there is that element of show that comes along with it. I mean, you do have, you literally, you said it, you, you go into the kitchen and you, you kind of get to, you, you remove your mask for a minute and you can yell and talk about how much you hate your table or, or whatever, how ridiculous they're being, or, or I can't believe it's raining poop water and I'm still working. Uh, and then you, and then you go back out into the dining room and you put it on you smile and you use your big words and you make people feel like they're in the happiest place in the world. It's like nothing funny. wrong is going on. Yeah, it's it is crazy. It's, it's, there is an element of show to it. Yeah. You say the acting industry and food industry go hand in hand have you ever had to serve celebrities or actors or oh plenty of plenty of times i've served celebrities i mean i've worked in atlanta i've, I've been in downtown where all the all the big names come in uh, athletes and and music professionals whatever you want to call them um i've served them all dignitaries when i worked in charles in, in the same poop water restaurant in charleston uh <laughs> we, we we had a lot of different heads of state um, so yeah, lots of important people. How does that change? Like what you guys are doing in the kitchen? Are is everybody on edge or does it make a when difference? When you're, when you're a younger cook, when you're starting out, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're like, oh my God, you kind of get a little starstruck. You're like so-and-so's here. I can't believe it. It's gotta be perfect. You put that little extra bit into it. Uh, but as you, as you grow older, as you advance, I mean, if they're, they're just another customer. I mean, they're, they're human, just like anybody else that comes through the door. They have the same level of expectations as anybody else so why get caught up just do what you do that's definitely something that comes with experience there's i mean there's no way you can teach that you know absolutely yeah it comes it comes with it i mean you can do you can you can tell that to someone as much as you want and i remember uh getting that same bit of advice from older chefs i first started out into a leadership position and having to run run a service uh they don't worry like vip your your, your owner comes in vips come in whatever don't get starstruck they're just another person do what you do and everything will be fine they're gonna love it people love you on a daily basis so they're gonna love you tonight so you sound so you sound so mature talking about your job this is crazy listening to you talk like this <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you know gotta keep it professional. you've got it going I, on I mean, I mean i i don't want to brag about myself but i've i've worked and worked in and for some of the greatest chefs in the country uh, I've I've learned a lot. Well, what is a hack that you could give to like your everyday home cookers or your college students with their toaster ovens that I can well, use? I, college students are on a different level uh, of of cook. Get out um, of here! I guess for the college students, um, you know, find a good Asian market. There's so many. There's so many awesome and delicious foods that you can find in an Asian market that are like, you put them in an air fryer, you put them in a toaster oven, you can pop them in the microwave and they're going to come out and they're going to be really delicious. Um, and, and a lot of the times you, you kind of go in and you play roulette, which is fun. You know, like sometimes you get something that's really good. Sometimes you get something that's really, yeah, it's kind of not, but Hey, you've learned something new. Um, a, a hack, 
a lot of people, I mean, everyone knows, like, uh, use salt, like, season with salt. Uh, but it's not just about salt. Start thinking about uh, things, seasoning with acidity uh, and how that will bring flavors out in your food, like a little squeeze of lemon juice or a little splash of vinegar. Uh, think about balancing rather than just putting salt in something to make it taste better. Hmm. I think you're making Zeus hungry, or maybe it's me, but... Yeah, Zeus is, uh, he's getting in my face with the toy. He's getting vocal. He is. So, okay, for, like, future episodes and everything, I want to introduce a little segment, a little segment action, and it's going to be called what, what the Hell is That? And I basically just want you to describe, like, the weirdest shit you've ever had to cook or something that is completely absurd that somebody has ordered that you're like, ew, what? But you have to do it. Like, what? Tell me. Um, I mean... You get weird ones all the time. A lot of them are, the really weird ones are like cultural based. Uh, I remember when I, I worked in a restaurant in Atlanta, uh, we had we had brains on the menu, believe it or not. We had we were serving veal brains uh, and they were like pan fried uh, and served with uh, a butter sauce with toast and they were really, really good. It was kind of like eating pan fried chicken. Uh, it was delicious. And uh, where, did, in, where did the brain come a, from? Sorry, come again. From, uh, from veal. From what? Veal. Uh, veal is a, a baby cow. Really delicious. It's messed up. Um, yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty controversial. <laughs> um, but really delicious, so what can you do? But anyway, in Scotland, uh, there's a tradition of eating boiled brains with toast. And this, this woman would come in, and she was a regular, and she would always ask. Uh, she, would, she would order the brains, but she didn't want them fried. She would ask for them boiled. Um, oh. And so that was weird, boiling brains for this woman and serving them with just plain butter toast. That's all she wanted was just toast and boiled brains. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was weird. Well, so do you just keep uh, brains in the fridge? Like, is that just at hand or like? Yeah, you order. Uh, I mean, you you bring them into the restaurant like you would order a case of chicken or uh, whatever. You're lying. Yeah. No, I mean it was an item on the menu. They were very popular, actually. Believe it or not. Uh, very delicious. If you you heard it here, if you ever have the opportunity to to try to try brains, they're they're really delicious, especially um, when you fry them. Okay, well, I trust you, but I'm really pretty skeptical about that. But I mean, if you think about it, it's it's the same meat as the animal that it's coming from. It tastes the exact same. People 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 have this misconception about eating organs and. Awful is what they call it, um, but I, I mean it's the same, the same animal, same meat. Tastes like chicken. A little texturally different, little texturally different, but uh, it's just as delicious and a lot of times a lot more nutritious for you than, than just eating the regular old meat. So don't be scared. Do you eat that yourself? Try some new things. Like, oh sure, absolutely. If I see it on the menu, absolutely. I'm not scared. I'm adventurous enough. One of my favorite things to eat is chicken livers. Oh, God. You sound like our grandpa. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Super old school, right? He puts salt on his watermelon, and I just, I'm not past that yet. I can't get over the salt. I, I can't do the salt and watermelon. That's too much for me. It literally tastes like the ocean. I mean, people say don't knock it till you try it, and, like, 
You even made me try sushi one time that had eel in it, and I ended up liking it, but, you know, I oh, yum. tried the watermelon thing, and no, it's a no for me. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> well, okay, so I guess we can wrap it up then. I'm loving the answers here. Loving, loving yeah, what you've fun. done. It's cool to talk about the industry. It's one of those things not a lot of people, I mean, not a lot of people have worked in the restaurant industry uh, so they don't they don't understand they don't understand what people go through and struggles um, so it's cool to give a glimpse of what it's like yeah i mean everybody eats out like everybody goes everyone to eats restaurants, everyone but... eats period yeah. someone's got to cook yeah yep that is facts so okay well i guess tell me tell me how zeus is he's been wanting to um to talk this whole time so just give me a little update Bye. Buddy's been great. He, I mean, he's living his best life for sure. Um, I just spent five weeks in Virginia. We were on a farm um, with a big field. So he, he has been running to his heart's content. Um, he's just a happy dog. He's loving life. He's currently, what's he chewing on? He's chewing on some piece of rubber. Yep. Some more piece of rubber. Yeah. yeah, some piece of rubber. It used to be a toy, but now it's just, it's an unidentifiable bit of rubber. <laughs> I'm glad it's not a chicken this time, to say the least. Yeah, no more chickens. Yeah, R.I.P. Whole chickens. <laughs> a story for episode two. <laughs> that's that's a great teaser, actually, to end on. So I'm just going to go ahead and say thank you for giving us a little insight into your life. And yeah, I, look, I look forward to hearing more. I hope that the listeners do as well. But I will almost guarantee that you will hear more. Well, you did very well, and, you know, I mean, food is, what? what's not interesting about food, you know? What's not to talk about about food? I feel like this could just go so many directions. Yeah, we could talk all day. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, for the pilot, just want to keep it simple, but I really appreciate you helping me out, and I appreciate whoever is listening to this for listening, and, yeah, I, I'm going to end by saying this snitching from the plate that's in the kitchen before it makes it to the table is not a punishable offense in my opinion but that could spark debate i don't know how you feel about it but don't get caught (laughs) there you go so listen in for more fun conversations and food insight that you didn't know that you needed and we will see everybody on the next episode